Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gosh, we're right? barely into 2023, and now we've lost an absolute legend, and heaven is a more glamorous place today. Yeah, Raquel Welch passed away at the age of 80, 82. 82 years old, and uh, um, I remember my parents having a fight about <laughs> Raquel Welch when that movie came out, and I was a kid, 1 million B.C., and she's in the deerskin bikini, and she has, like, three lines. And my dad got the poster and wanted to put it somewhere, like, in the the house. You know, we lived in Japan, and and my mom is like, if we had a garage, it could go in a garage. They got in a big fight. You're not putting Raquel. I think he wanted to put it in their bedroom. Next to Pepper, yeah, next to Pepper, lady. I mean, that that leg lamp. I know. It's it's such a funny thing for parents to listen. Locker rooms, bedrooms, and garages. That Raquel Welch. I mean, my Mm -hmm. dad had that poster for years, and it did hang in the garage right next to um, Petty, the race car driver, Richard Petty, my dad's life size cutout cardboard of uh, Richard Petty, the race car driver. Raquel and Richard Petty. It's so funny. That would I can never even imagine my parents ever having that ever having that conversation. Uh my parents would have been uh 27 right, maybe exactly. at the time of this uh, Grant, something like that. Oh my god. But she was so glamorous and so beautiful. Even just uh I remember like maybe in November there were photos of her in Hollywood going beautiful. somewhere to get a pedicure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had... Raquel Welsh, we're talking about. Yeah, she had the today. great hair and she had a gorgeous She had figure. a line of wigs. She yes. had a line of glasses. Um, you know, they wanted to change her name to Debbie. No. Well, her, she, real, she, her real name is not that, though. Her, it's Joe Raquel Teada. Yeah. But Ooh. she was like, I'm keeping Raquel. I, I don't like look Raquel. like a Debbie. And she couldn't have been more correct. True. I would agree. But that was the movie that made her a huge star, that one million... Years BC. I, I don't know. I just am like, oh, 82. She had a short illness. I'm going to have to call my dad today and break the news to him that Aww. his Hollywood girlfriend of many, many years. Mm-hmm. She, um, she started out as a. Um, was she a weather girl? Well, yeah. She was born in like Illinois and then they moved to San Diego and she went to La Jolla. That's right. Good old La Jolla High School. She was Miss Photogenic, oh. Miss Contour. And became Miss San Diego after oh, wow. winning at a country fair. That makes and sense. Then, <laughs> right? And then she earned the state title of Maid of California, oh, M-A-I-D. Wow. Then she became a, a weather forecaster, and then she moved up to L.A. and had bit parts. 
on I Dream of Jeannie. I think on um, what was the Mikhail's Western one? Navy. Yes, Mikhail's Navy. Um, some other ones, mm-hmm. but she had she did something big time. Um, she sued. She was um, I can't find my sheet of paper, but she, she had the. She lost her job to Debbie in 1982. She was supposed yeah. to star in a movie adaptation of John Steinbeck's Cannery Row for MGM, yes. mm-hmm. but she was fired and replaced by Deborah Winger after she requested to have her hair and makeup done at home before coming to the set every day. Mm. It turned into a multi-million-dollar legal fight and ended with Raquel winning ten million dollars. And um, she alleged in her in her suit that the studio built the movie and its financing around her, and then used the hair and makeup dispute as a way to get a younger actress in the hooker role. It dragged on and on um, for five years, and she came out of the bl- legal fight with ten million, but she was blackballed she, by the yes. industry at the time. Yes, I mean she was in some things, but it did hurt her movie career. And Julia and I watched. Uh, um, a Her. clip from the Cher show with Raquel and Cher performing I'm you, a Woman. Do you want to play? You want to hear a little yeah, bit of it? Yeah, we can, this is them talking before they come out on stage because they have a little fun dialect together, then they start singing. Okay. Please, ladies, we've got to start. Oh, there goes my eyelash. I look so awful, but you know what? They're going to bug us till we do it, so let's uh, just come out and do it. Oh, well, okay. Hmm, you look pretty ready to me. Almost. But after all, I love a variety show. Why can't Cardi B have a variety show? Oh. I've watched the Cardi B okay, hour. That is genius. Sarah call. Oh. She would be very funny. Mm-hmm. There was such a variety cute show video of her trying to get to the halftime show at the Super Bowl running with high heels high on. Heels on. <laughs> just she, just like we all do yeah. with high heels. Just like, oh, why did I wear these? Right. And can I move any faster? Um, yeah. But Raquel... Um, she was in Broadway in 1981. She replaced Lauren Bacall in Woman of the Year. And then she went back to Broadway in 97 and took over the title role for Victoria, Victor Victoria. Oh, right. Because mm. so she, she could was, sing and she could dance. Oh, she was on a lot of couches yep. in the daytime and the nighttime. Johnny Carson liked to have her on, Merv Griffin, every variety show. She was a, a great guest and she was... Dazzling to look at all Beautiful. the way to the end. Beautiful. She was married four times. Oh, really? I love mm-hmm. that. And I know her one daughter was in that. Was I feel like she was in Cocoon? Tawny Welch was the girl on the boat in ca- Cocoon. I really? swear. All right, I'm gonna look. That I because swear that is if that if you remember that deep cat, cat yeah. Casey is wearing off on you. I know it because oh, she had she had two kids she and did. yep. And I, I feel like her daughter was the the woman in the, you know, in Cocoon. Yeah. The, the young woman, the beautiful woman. But then we didn't really see her being a lot of... Oh, gosh, she was beautiful. All right, what was she on? Tawny Welch. Um, she was in Cocoon. She was in mm-hmm. Cocoon? Look at that. Look at you. Look at that. Really, what is going on? That really bothers me that you remember that. <laughs> this is why Cause it was like I never the, win. This was like the... Only kind of movie that I re- I remember thinking she could be a star or something after that because she was she looks like her mom you know she started and she went to Italy and Germany after that I think she, she really... couldn't act very well that's yeah. what did really you guys mention Lady in Cement with um, Frank Sinatra she mm-hmm. starred in Frank with Frank Sinatra Raquel yeah. This was a movie uh, a gentleman oh. called in earlier. He, just a couple days ago, he just said he'd crossed through it and was just 
you know, obviously caught her face and watched the whole thing, and it was great. But yeah, it's called Lady in Cement 1968. I mean, they did not have a close relationship, her and Johnny. No, yeah. no. She said she had a difficult childhood with her mother and did not have a close relationship. Yeah. Raquel admitted in an interview in 2010, um, she prioritized her career, career. above mm-hmm. her children, often oh. abandoning the kids while she took part in assignments. Yeah. Ooh. Well... Heaven is a little more and she, gorgeous and glamorous today, that's you guys. Right. And this yeah. is the kicker in this one. She would sign her letters to her kids, Raquel, not mom. Uh-uh. Oh, mm-hmm. I have an issue with that. Well, yep. oh, wow. Grant has posted her iconic style moments uh, through the years. And, uh, you know, I think People Mag- or uh, Playboy magazine named her the third sexiest Woman of the 20th century or yeah. something like that. <laughs> She's beautiful. I think she might have done Playboy. I wouldn't Ooh, be surprised. Let's Google that. Yeah, let's okay, Google great. that. Okay. <laughs> shows up. All right, listen, we got to go. When we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Lori and Julia here for Ann Tressler and her team at Tressler Law. We've asked Ann to provide us with some tips for people who are going through divorce. One of her tips is to do your homework. Ann, what do you mean by that? When you're going through a divorce proceeding, I tell my clients to remember that knowledge is power. Start by gaining all the basic understanding of your financial situation. Everything from your bank accounts, your retirement accounts, your investment accounts. If you own businesses, start gathering that information. The more information you can relay to your attorney, the better. This is the one thing you can do to prepare for this process. Also, do your homework when you're hiring your attorney find someone who is a knowledgeable resource and focuses solely on family law make sure you trust and like your attorney they will be the one guiding you through this process and you want to be able to work well together and this is why you guys offer the free divorce one-hour consultation the more we can educate you and help you understand the process the more you're going to feel control the more you're going to feel empowered and when it comes to knowing your attorney this way you're going to get to know us to learn more or schedule your free one-hour divorce consultation visit trustlerlaw.com or my talk keyword divorce Corduroy sounds cute. It doesn't it? So cute. And the chicks. We've got tickets to the chicks. Oh my gosh. We have been giving away some really good concert tickets the last few months with our listener rewards. Yeah, those tickets go on sale on the I forgot that the last time they were at the grandstand they played a two night stand. We saw them. Yeah. And it was just like twenty eighteen or seventeen, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. But Uh, I forgot it was a two night stand and and they sold it out. And don't I vividly remember it was the first time we had seen the use of this absolutely gorgeous um, backdrop screen with all these visuals with purples and pinks. Do you remember the the lights? The lighting behind them, the staging was gorgeous. It was because you have gonna, to work a little extra hard at the at the fair, you know, just to just like to, have a background of what right, you're going to do for exactly. visuals. And we'd never seen like these three huge screens next mm-hmm. to each other, and I just remember it being so visually gorgeous, and it was a beautiful night. Yes, oh, it was. We love it. We love it. Well, it was a beautiful night on late night television last night. We'll start with uh, the Late Show on Stephen Colbert. First of all, he had a very funny parody. Valentine's skit with boys to men sing, singing I'll Make Love to You. Yeah. That was just so, He's so cute. It, it really was. And then uh, Ki Hu uh, Kwan was on, and, you know, he's nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And he was in The Goonies, and he played Short Round in Indiana Jones. But I, we really haven't seen him do that many Nothing. Uh, right. shows, yeah. but we've no. seen him at award shows, and he's beyond endearing. Oh, yeah. Beyond. Beyond endearing. <laughs> and, you know, it's so fun to see a child actor, you know, have this resurgence after not acting for basically 20 years. And um, 
here he is with Colbert. I thought Colbert would post his Harrison Ford story, but they posted uh, talking about Steven Spielberg. Okay. Have you and Spielberg kept in touch over the years? Uh, well, first of all, he's a sweet man. I love him so much. Uh, he sends me a Christmas present every single year Aww. for the last 38 years. Wow. And here you are together at the Golden Globes, I believe. At the Golden Globes, yeah. That's fantastic. By the way, you guys didn't see this on television. When after my speech, uh, I at, just as I was walking off stage, I looked at him, and he gave me a standing ovation. Oh, Steven Spielberg gave me a standing ovation. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. Wow. And then I he told love him, he must so, just be so excited. So excited. I just think he is going to win. I um, hope. And he's won basically yeah. at, at the other award shows. He just people are just uh, charmed by him. He's yeah. just so nice. If you close your eyes, it sounds, it just, sounds like just like, like yeah, it, it he sounds, sounds like shorty. Yeah, it's I, so amazing. And yeah. he said at another thing that he was at with Harrison Ford, he saw Harrison across the room and his manager was like well don't you want to go and say hi to him and he said yeah but i don't know about you no he'll want to say hi to you and so he is telling uh colbert this and he's like i'm kind of waving at him and i'm thinking oh what if he doesn't know who i am Mm -hmm. i just look like some fan and he raised his hand and raised his hand and looked at him he's like Short Short round? Is that you? And he's like, I go, Indy, hey, how are (laughs) you? Dr. Jones. That's really cute. That's my profession. Yeah, it was kind of cute. So he was really good. Um, uh, uh, Kimmel had a very funny bit with Young Gravy having a a date with uh, Chippy. His aunt. Aunt Chippy? I have hysterical. a little bit of it if we want to hear some of it. Yeah. Do you, do it was it? so visual, but it just cemented yeah. for me my idea for Young Gravy to be in a VH1 Rock of Love reboot. Yeah, right. yeah. He did some great jokes there it with her. It was hysterical. It really was. And his Aunt Chippy is hysterical. When he, you, when he gave her a corsage with oh. the Marlboro <laughs> uh, reds <laughs> and then the cigarettes were the flower. I, uh, it was, it that just, show is so clever. It was. And we posted Kimmel's um, uh, Oscar. It's like the promo that they have. Yeah. It's a, It's kind of a, it's a spoofing spoof. Top Gun. Yes. John Hamm is in it. Billy Crystal makes an appearance. And, you know, they're on a quest for an unflappable and unslappable host. So we posted it. I don't know if we can, if it's played. You want to play that? Which well, part? It's long, Lori. The, yeah. the whole thing? Yeah, it's too long. Yeah. It's long. But too, the, yeah. the, the, for the part with, there's one joke I want you guys to hear okay. where they're sitting down together, Young Gravy with his aunt, and they're doing this part of the date that they're doing is a little painting, and he asks about age, and it's in okay. reference okay. to his age. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. How, how young is too young for you? The look on With what? Making love. I would probably adopt you and put you through school or something. <laughs> I mean, every one of the jokes, he asked her a question, and his aunt just comes up with very, very, very funny stuff. She Seriously. is. She's, it, she's hilarious. She has been so funny, and we hadn't seen her for a little while. No, we hadn't. So it's nice to see Aunt Tippy back because Chippy. She, Tippy. Chippy. Oh, Chippy, Chippy, and I want to call her Tippy. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Kimmel's so funny. He's fantastic. Yeah, he was good. And then um, Fallon had um, Paul Rudd on, and they did a funny skit about, please don't take away my teeny weeny beanie babies. Uh-huh. And that was a pretty good, I mean, it was just like kind of, I don't usually watch four or five of the late night things. Right. I'll just go, oh, I don't know if I need to see that right, guest, right, right. but I was... I was very entertained this morning watching everyone uh, giving us their all in February when people kind of need some late night right. Uh, fun. Right. Oh. And that just made me think of like, I don't know, I kind of wish some of these bookers at these late night shows would book some of these legends, like book Charo on a 100%. show. 100%. She's on Instagram giving yep. us it all. Like, Raquel, well, like book some of these living legends on your show. Because if you remember last year when Nicolas Cage came out with that movie, The Incredible Art of Being Nicolas Cage or whatever, you know, yeah. he said, I haven't been on a couch in 20 years. Right. And he was hysterical. He was such a good... Get Rocco. Rocco. I mean, um, Rambo, which is Rocky, which is Sylvester Stallone would be hysterical. <laughs> yeah. You know, I invite Thank you. Carol Burnett, you right. have people that are like legends. You uh, could have Kel Welsh on a couple weeks that's ago. That's right. She's dead. I mean, Joan Collins, <laughs> yes. she's consistently, I yes. hear her on radio shows and stuff. And she has so many great stories. They do. And Dick, uh, not Dick Tracy, but Warren Beatty was on a, did a TCM thing with that uh, Robert guy, the yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of did like a spoof sort of of Dick Tracy. But not a spoof because Warren Beatty was dressed as Dick Tracy. And then I read that they did that to extend the copyright in case there's going to be a Dick Tracy sequel starring oh. Warren Beatty, hmm. which I don't know if anyone needs that. Well, I don't know. But, you know, with the CGI stuff, the aging backwards yeah, stuff they're doing with the Indiana Jones and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but have Warren Beatty on a show like, and divide Barbara Streisand for no reason. Yep. I agree. But I, I really want Charo to be on. Now right. that with the Raquel Welch passing away, I mean... But Charo is running and working out with bands every day on Instagram. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Hola, amigos. <laughs> yeah. Here I am, working out with my belt. Yeah. You know, have Norman... I mean, I guess Kimmel, you know, has Norman, Norman Lear. But I, there are just some... You just know, like, take, rethink the... Look, Think Over the 75 break. crowd. Just take everyone in their 90s. Let's have them on in the next six months. Yes. You know, while they can. Rita yeah. Moreno as a guest by herself would be dynamite. Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't know why somebody actually has to have something to promote. Because, right. well, I was happy to see Milo Ventimiglia promoting for the, the company you keep. He looks real good. That Sunday night, that's going to be an appointment he, show, I think. I think so. He looks yeah. real good. Real good. Milo. Milo, Milo, Ventamilia. All right. Hey, gang. It's Lori and Julia here for Hammernix Interior Solutions and Flooring Superstores. And, you know, they're having a love your floor sale that's going on 
you know, the more money you spend, the more money you get off, but it's substantial. And if you have a big project that you've been thinking about, now is the time because the savings are pretty darn big. And you can go to hammernicks.com to find out more about that and get the coupon. And also, if you haven't tried their... um, their thing where you can test different flooring out on your house. So you oh, that's kind of cool. Where you take the fi- picture. pictures and you just upload them, and it's easy enough that both Lori and I can actually do we it. Figured it out, and you can try out different flooring. It's kind of a fun, a fun way to see. Well, I never thought about going really dark in my floors or really light. Um, they've got it all there, plus an upfront twelve percent discount on all in stock flooring at Hammernicks, West Side of Town in New Hope, East Side of Town on Rice Street in St. Paul. That's Hammernicks. Chris Hewitt, who covers uh, movies and sometimes uh, Broadway shows for the and, Star Tribune. And Hello. sometimes ice skating. And Hi, sometimes Chris. ice skating and sometimes books. Hi. Hi, how are Hi. You? For a minute, I thought holding out for a hero was the music for me. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you want to change your theme song, you know, you will take requests. Yeah, we will take requests. <laughs> no, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, let's just, rib, uh, you know, not not to be quick about it or whatever, but having got a little more gorgeous and uh, glamorous today with absolute legend Raquel Welch passing away at 82. Um, she really had an interesting career, and we're mad at the late night uh, host for not having more of these living legends on their couches. Oh, yeah, good point. I mean, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda just made the rounds, but it's kind of just them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't think. Raquel Welch was a staple on shows. And, of course, that was in the heyday of of her career. But, I mean, she she really did have quite a career. Do you have any, um, I know she just passed. We just got the news this afternoon. But is there anything of note that you wanted to share with us about Raquel? Well, it definitely is reminding me that I want to rewatch the movie The Last of Sheila, which she's one of the stars of, along with another of those living legends, kind of, actually, Diane Cannon. Um, mm-hmm. They play, and Richard Benjamin is in it, and Joan Hackett, and James Coburn, and they play people who go on a uh, yacht trip Ooh, this that good. turns out to be kind of a real-life murder game somebody dies and each of the people has a secret and they sort of have to follow clues to figure out who done it it's really fun it was written by weirdly anthony perkins and stephen sondheim who were friends uh and it's a really fun movie so i definitely want to rewatch that what's it called again the last of canon no sheila the last of sheila the last of sheila with with diane cannon yeah And I also keep thinking about the fact, uh, talking about her being kind of underrated, that she, in essentially the second half of her career, I think took a lot of singing and dancing lessons and remade herself as a star of Broadway musicals. Yes. And, uh, starred in two really big shows, Woman of the Year, and, and she replaced Julie Andrews in Victor Victoria. Uh, and I didn't get to see her in either of those, but I would certainly have been curious to see how she pulled off the Victor part of Victor Victoria. Yeah, no kidding. Well, we just watched her on a clip that people were posting of her and Cher doing I Am I Am a Woman, like 1975, and they're both just singing and belting it out and looking amazing. That's the Fried Up in a Pan song? Yes. 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 Oh, wow. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, check that out. So, And then we talked about also that she had sued MGM 
uh, when they uh, when David Bagelman replaced her on Cannery Row with Deborah Winger and said it was because she wanted hair and makeup done at her house before she got to set. And she won $10 million, but it, basically she got blackballed after that. I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah. We had more time this afternoon than you, Chris. Yes, yeah, that's right. We, we just sat at the old <laughs> I've been Google machine. To kill a Mockingbird review. Yeah. Yes, I, I saw that. All right, so you have, um, where do you want to start with the movie reviews? I'll start wherever you want to start. Magic- Can you start with the movie that comes out this week? Please. Yes. That is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, which, again, stars Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, who's kind of a, I don't know if reluctant superhero is the right term, but he's surprised to find himself a superhero because he's kind of the most average guy of all of the Marvel superheroes. And he is paired up with uh, the Wasp, who's played by Evangeline Lilly, who I think is the most boring character in oh. all of Marvel, by the way. Agree. Agree. I agree completely. She should not even be in that series. She is awful. The good news is she doesn't do much in this one. So good, good, good. good. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what's happening here. But the other good news is that Michelle Pfeiffer, who plays her mom, is kind of almost the main character of this movie. So there's a lot of Michelle Pfeiffer. She's a scientist who goes into this quantum world where she had previously met this guy named Kang. And now they have to go back to the quantum world to stop Kang from taking over the world because he's become a supervillain. And he's played by Jonathan Majors, my showbiz crush, yes, who is fantastic in the movie. He plays this evil, menacing guy, but he does it almost in like a monotone. So mm. somehow it makes him even more menacing and terrifying. And uh, you almost wish for the villain to win in this one because he's so good. How good? Good. So what? Uh, what? How many stars are we going to get from you? I'm uh, somewhere in the middle, but more leaning yes than no. So I guess that's two and a half stars. Mm-hmm. It uh, It isn't certainly the best Marvel movie, but I would almost say it's worth seeing just for Jonathan Majors and Michelle Pfeiffer alone. The, right. In the trailer, they looked like they are stealing the movie. Every every scene that we saw, I was like, okay, is, I hope a movie, the movie's a lot about these two. Yep, and luckily it is. And by the way, have you Googled... Uh, Jonathan Majors' magazine dreams and seen that picture. Oh, we posted that—the <laughs> one where he's on the um, the in the pink and last week with the hearts and flowers and no, no. shirt. No, it's oh. him wearing a very skimpy black, I think, thong. You're so uh, funny. In a side view to the camera, and it looks like he's naked. It's an amazing picture. You oh, have to I look see. it up. Oh, You're yeah. so funny. That is a nice picture. <laughs> You're so funny, Chris Hewitt. Well, Jonathan Majors is front and center on the 29th annual Hollywood issue of Vanity Fair. Um, it's Jonathan Majors, Austin Butler, Anna de Armas, Florence Pugh, and Selena Gomez on the front cover. And he deserves it. Jonathan Majors is major, and he's just going to get more major. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he you're really right. He should be nominated now for an Oscar for the movie Devotion. He was fantastic. He in that was movie, so but not good. Enough people saw it. Yeah, but yeah, we've all seen that movie, and it, we really liked it. And I, I guess you know, um, Glenn. Powell got that movie made because of 
Top Gun and, you know, he's in Hidden Figures and he read that book. I'm glad that he was able to get that movie made because that's a great story about a, you know, real life hero in the Korean War. For sure. And I suspect it's one of those that will kind of slowly build a following over the, the mm-hmm. next couple of years, too, especially as Jonathan Majors becomes much more famous. Yeah. Oh, oh he's just it. delicious in, in that movie. Yes. OK, talk to us about Magic Mike's Last Dance, because that basically did win the box office, mm-hmm. even though it was only in fifteen hundred theaters, made about eight million dollars. Um, but I I I'm so sad that we only get shirts off. Isn't that ridiculous? Yes. I think so, a Magic too. Mike movie with just shirts off. Yeah. yeah. Shame. <laughs> yeah. Shame. The first the first two movies delivered and prepared us for a little bit more than that, I think. I think so. But I guess what they're trying to do is argue that stripping is not just about well, stripping, that it's about <laughs> storytelling because in this one, Mike, who's really the only one of the previous characters who's back in this, we briefly see some of the others, uh, Joe Manganiello and uh, Matt Bomer, in a Zoom call, but it's 20 seconds or something mm-hmm. like that. Otherwise, it's just Mike. And he gets hired by this rich, bored philanthropist played by Salma Hayek, who I guess now that I say that, in real life is kind of a rich, bored philanthropist. Oh, you're so funny. You're so funny. Okay. <laughs> anyway, she gets he she hires him to revamp a show that's running on London's equivalent of Broadway that appears to be kind of a Jane Austen-y type period drama. Uh, but he introduces dozens of strippers into it and turns it into sort of a feminist show about women should have the option to choose whichever kind of stripper they want, I guess. The message gets a little bit lost. (laughs) The movie you had just was so simple. You know, it was kind of a redemption story, redemption story, and then to have it be so much other stuff, it just, Hmm. they're forgetting who the audience is. I think that's true. And it's, I mean, they've said this is going to be the last Magic Mike movie. So I guess what they want to do is sort of give us an idea of what his future is and that he's maybe going to become this kind of entrepreneur, creative genius guy, mm-hmm. which I, I like the idea that they say, you know, he's not going to be waiting tables for the rest of his life. But it does feel like it's missing some of the elements that we would like to see. Yeah. It was the 15 uh, minute dance at the end pretty epic. It is, but it, you know, it's weird because unlike, let's say, in a movie musical, it doesn't really play out like a big production number finale because it's happening on this stage and it's kind of hampered by what you can actually do on a stage and by the fact that we don't see any butts. Right. Oh, for crying out loud. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I'm going to see this at home. I'm not going to the theater for this, uh, Chris. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Devil's Peak. I haven't even heard of this movie with Robin Wright and Billy Bob Thornton. I'm intrigued with all th- the title and the two actors. Yeah, it's it's a smaller movie, I would say. Initially, it is in theaters, but I think as soon as uh, two weeks from now, it will be streaming as well. And it is Billy Bob Thornton at his Billy Bobbyist. He mm-hmm. plays this rural, seedy, 
meth dealer guy. He looks like he doesn't look well. It looks like he weighs about 110 pounds now. Um, and he presides over this kingdom of uh, drug dealers. And Robin Wright is a woman whose son maybe is, is uh, falling into his world. And so she's sort of opposing him, but she has her own issues. And everybody in the movie has problems. That ultimately are uh, resolved in a big old shootout, and also it's another of these movies where uh, Robin Wright's children are involved. Her oh, son okay. uh, Hopper is in this movie. The last Sean Penn movie had their daughter in That's it, but right. this one has their son Hopper, who I think was named for Dennis Hopper. That's right, and he's pretty good, and he looks a lot like his dad. He does. Okay, and uh, so you like this movie, Devil Speak? I liked it pretty well. You have to be willing to kind of watch CD people, unhappy people okay. interact for two hours, but okay. I think it's well done. Yeah. Okay. All right. Listen, we want to keep you if you can. We've got some other movies uh, to talk to you about. We want to ask uh, your opinion on uh, one thing Oscar related with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. We'll be right back. Hey, gang, it's Lori and Julia here for our MSP Airport at MSPAirport.com. And we always say get to the airport early and enjoy yourself before you go. And they, we always do enjoy ourselves before we go. I l- we love our airport. So here's the thing. They have a really new, way, cool way to park. You can pre-book your parking and be on your way up to 12 hours before you leave. For example, right now, Terminal 1 is at 74% full. Terminal 2 is at 61% full. What happens if you get to the airport and there's no spot? Right, and you're driving around in the panic so you can pre-book it and and have the spot and know exactly where you're going. Exactly, and you get a QR code and you get in with the QR code and you get expedited um, exit and paying for it. You just show them your QR code and it's $2 less a day. In addition to that, they also have... Um, you the know, quick wide ramp. So if you've got a lot of luggage and strollers and things, family and economical parking, MSPAirport.com. We're talking movies. I'm sure you and Graham were talking Ant Man <laughs> on the break. He's the, <laughs> he's he, Mr. He knows the the Venn diagram charts for all of this Marvel DC stuff. <laughs> it's good he does. It's hard to keep track. Yeah, you know, we're like, uh, Julie and I kind of treat Marvel, Star Wars, and the DC Universe like we treated Game of Thrones. Somehow they're all related, but it doesn't matter to us. We're just there for the spectacle. There you go. That's yeah. think, there are lots of different ways to appreciate the MCU. Yeah. I think that's one of them. All yeah. right, so uh, what other movies should we talk about that uh, you're recommending or not recommending? Well, I would guess that people are interested in, this is on Netflix, not in theaters, but uh, the Reese Witherspoon, Ashton Kutcher, Your Place or Mine? Uh-huh. Yes, tell, tell, I saw it, so I'll be curious your thoughts. Uh, so it is kind of i guess they're calling these anti-romantic comedies or romantic comedies that almost reference other romantic comedies and try to do something different because they know we've seen all of the regular formulaic ones anyhow it proceeds along two tracks they're they play people who are best friends who hooked up once 20 years ago and the movie then almost splits in two and follows them in separate tracks reese witherspoon goes to who lives in LA goes to Ashton Kutcher's Brooklyn apartment in order to take a class and he 
goes to her L.A. home in order to babysit her son while she's taking this class. And each of them has uh, solo adventures. Hers include Jesse Williams from Grey's Anatomy and Broadway's Take Me Out. Mm-hmm. His include mostly hanging out with Reese Witherspoon's best friend, who's played by Tig Notaro, and who is suspicious of him. And you kind of watch the whole movie thinking, oh, are they going to end up with other people? Is there any chance they realized they were perfect for each other along, but it doesn't seem like that? It sounds like a bad Lifetime movie. I liked it. <laughs> it I liked really it. sounds terrible. I liked it, Chris. I honestly kind of liked it, too, yeah. and a lot of it has to do with I like both of those I people, do too. but also it has this incredible supporting cast that I think helps a lot, too. Mm. Steve Zahn is in it. Yep. He basically has just a cameo role, but he's funny. He's yeah. very funny. And Yeah, and Tignataro's great in it, and there are a bunch of interesting sort of side things, okay. and it was... You know, written by the woman who wrote The Devil Wears Prada, so it's witty and clever. Yeah. It is. Uh, I see what you're saying, Lori, but I think it is better than that. Okay. You have to just let yourself go with it. And Reese Witherspoon is charming. Well, Reese was the... he Ashton is kind of wooden. No, Uh, he was good. He was good. I agree with you, Chris. This is a fun movie. And definitely worth, you know, a home visit. Okay. Yes. Your Perfect. place or mine. It's it's number one on Netflix yeah, right now. Okay. I thought it was fun. Okay. How about this At Midnight with uh, Diego Bonetta? Uh, he And this is another one where one of the stars, I think, initiated the movie. And it's also a, rom- a romantic comedy. He plays this guy who works in a hotel and... A woman who stars in a seemingly lower budget superhero movie comes to the hotel and they fall in love. So it's kind of a little bit of a variation on Roman Holiday where it's as if she were a princess and he's a commoner and they cross their cultural divides and Mm -hmm. fall in love because they're both wildly attractive people. And you know how that happens. And it, oh, this, yeah. it lit- happens all the time. Yeah, it happens all the time. So this is at midnight, and it's on Paramount Plus. And the re- the people gave it, like, the people like you, the critics, you know, Chris Hewitt, 36%, mm-hmm. but the audience, it's a 90. Wow. I don't know if I would go 90, but it's definitely better than 36%, because it, again, has some really, really clever dialogue, and obviously the people are really easy on your eyes. And I think it's kind of... Um, it's another one like Your Place or Mine, which assumes that we sort of already know the trappings of romantic comedy and would like to see them play around with it. And mm-hmm. it does. And in fact, like I said, it's a little bit like Roman Holiday. And there's even a scene where the leads watch Roman Holiday and acknowledge mm-hmm. that they're sort of acting out that same story again. So I don't know. There's a meta quality to it that I think is kind of fun. Yeah, I, I, I that sounds good. I think that sounds good. All right. What about Maybe I Do? Here's another of these now that I think about it. It's three rom-coms in a row, kind of, yeah. Yeah, this one is, so it stars uh, Diane Keaton and Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon and William H. Macy. And Keaton and Macy are maybe kind of starting an affair. They're definitely flirting and at least on an intellectual level interested in each other. And Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon are ending an affair. 
Ooh. And then there's another young couple. Uh, Emily Roberts is the female half, and I forget the male half because he's boring. Mm-hmm. They're about to get married. And all of these stories seem to be separate, but eventually they intertwine in a way that I probably shouldn't reveal, but okay. that is kind of boring anyway. And uh, I would not recommend the movie. Even though it has all those good people, oh. it just it wastes all of them. It does. Doesn't that Isn't make you that, mad? It does make you mad. It does. I mean, poor Diane Keaton, she works, maybe it's that she works too much because she's usually in like three movies a year, but why can't people figure out ways to use her talents, which are so interesting and she's so inventive, but she gets stuck in these kind of dumb Nancy Myers knockoff things. Yeah. And even, I mean, you'd think with that much star power, they would have had a better script. Maybe everyone just did it for the check. Yeah, I mean, it's a cliche, but I would almost rather hear what the four of them said to each other in the makeup room than yeah. the, no, the dumb okay. dialogue. They Just had. all the outtakes. <laughs> it would be funny, right, the outtakes right. from the movie that wasn't as good as the outtakes. I mean, I know for sure that Diane Keaton is funnier than she is in the movie. So, yeah, I think so. I love it. Um, Chris, I want to ask you a question real quick. Yep. Um, usually... Um, for the first time in memory, the the Independent Spirit Awards will take place during the voting for the Oscars, and usually the Spirit Awards airs the day before the Oscars when all the votes have been counted, but this year, the Spirit Awards fall in the middle of the week, right when Academy votings are casting their ballots, and so I'm wondering if everything, everywhere, all at once takes best picture at the spirit awards if that will take the wind out of its sail for sure for best picture at the oscars i don't like people say oh you know we're not going to vote for that there's other because there's 10 movies in that category because i feel like uh you know michelle yo i hope and kehu kwan i hope they win i think he will I hope she will, too. I think she might have a little trouble with Kate Blanchett. No, yeah. we can't. We're out. sick of Kate Blanchett. You are? Well, yes. She sits and tells us how much she wants to quit acting, and she dreams about it and hates it. And, and Critics' Choice, you, you know, lectured everybody about the patriarchy of the horse race, and I'm like, oh, you know. No. sick of her. She's just, I don't know, bugs. Huh. Well, and she's already got two of them. So, right, I mean, yeah. Michelle Yeoh would Spread certainly be a more interesting choice. But yeah. I don't think the Independent Spirit Award thing is going to make that much of a okay. difference. Because, you know, I mean, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once already has won a bunch of other stuff and is almost certainly going to win the SAG Ensemble Award. So I think it maybe would almost help momentum more than anything. Okay. And it does seem like that's the movie that has the momentum for the Oscars, too. So Yeah. It, what it, is going on? You think Elvis was just going to be lost in Top Gun for Best Picture? Which one? Elvis or Top Gun? Elvis. Oh, I don't think Elvis ever had a chance. You don't? Top Gun, I am kind of interested. You've probably read that some people think there's a narrative where a lot of people in Hollywood, and not wrongly, think that Top Gun Maverick saved movie going and that they might vote for it because it's such a movie movie and because its success opened the door for other hits. So right. I have heard some talk win. that that might be a thing. Well, that would be kind yeah. of interesting. That would be a first we- that a popular movie matched. We are out of time, Chris Hewitt. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, we Thank forgot you. we forgot to ask you the main thing. 
What? The Prom. You loved it on Broadway. Yes. Th- and was... uh, and on tour. Yes, we can't wait to see it. We're going to see it at the Chan. Anyway, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Excellent.